1: I think you know you're never going to regret the stories that you do tell. And it's really important for me to be honest and transparent in my journaling because those are the stories that will let others know you, your values, your priorities long after you're gone. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today.
0: I'm your host Jennifer Wilson. Owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 106. In this episode, I'm interviewing Steph Connor for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Steph as the March featured artist at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Steph, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, how are you? I am doing well. Good. I'm so excited to be here. Yes,
0: I am looking forward to our conversation. I've got a big cup of coffee, and I can't wait to hear more about your scrapbooking hobby. Can you share a little bit about yourself to introduce,
1: <clears throat> excuse me, to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Um, I'm a happily married mom of four. I have three girls and one boy, ages uh, 10, 11, 16, and 20. I am a fur mom of two. I have a little princess tuxedo cat, Fiona, and my baby, a little Shih Tzu pup, Frankie. So they will appear in my scrapbooks quite a bit. I live in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I am a part-time school librarian, and then I'm also a part-time natural light family photographer. Usually not too much in the winter in Philadelphia, but um, spring through fall. (laughs) And then I'm a home decor organizing addict. I'm actually very active in the Instagram home decor community, as well as trying to be in the scrapbooking community, so.
0: So awesome. Sounds like you keep your plate full and,
1: you know, happy, right. so. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can't, I always need to be multitasking or busy. I don't like <laughs> a lot of downtime, <laughs> which for kids, make sure that happens.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're kept in yeah. your toes. Yep. Yep. So we always love to ask our guests, what is one thing that is exciting you right now in scrapbooking?
1: Well, I have just been like inhaling all the process (laughs) videos. I love going on YouTube and watching all different kinds of scrapbookers um, just share their process. I, I love watching Susanna Lee, Victoria Calvin, Erica Rose, Laura Alberts, I could spend hours just watching their YouTube process videos. And I've also been loving listening to podcasts like this one um, and the Scrap Gals. So that's uh, one thing that's been exciting me recently and getting me excited to scrap again.
0: Yes, it's so inspiring. I have to admit that I end up going to buy more
1: things when I watch scrappy YouTube videos.
0: I was like, oh, I do oh, have exactly. that. I need that thing now.
1: I know. I keep a running list. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let me write that down in my notes.
0: <laughs> That's good. It's a safe thing to do to keep a list. So then you can go back to it and maybe make more sensible choices.
1: <laughs> oh, exactly. I always have a few carts that are that are working, but you know, it takes me a while to actually check out.
0: <laughs> yes. And then those websites, they love to remind you that you have stuff in your cart too. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> And then they'll send you a little discount code just to make it a little bit sweeter.
0: <laughs> it works. It totally works. Exactly. It
1: totally does.
0: <laughs>
1: they know what they're doing.
0: For sure. So one thing we also like to do here is talk about our memory keeping bucket list. So your bucket list stories are ones that are a little bit deeper, a little bit more important. Sometimes they can even feel weighty or intimidating because there's so so much of these treasured stories of your life. And the reason we talk about it is to kind of just break down that barrier so that we can tell more of these stories. So Steph, what is one story on your memory keeping bucket list?
1: Yeah, so I've actually been thinking about doing this for a few years. And just like you just said, it's intimidating. So I haven't started, but it is on my 2021 bucket list. Like I want to at least get this started. So for me, I most of the time I'm scrapping my kids. So I want to really kind of branch out from that and do something that's new territory for me. And I would really like to do some sort of mini book of like my top 10, maybe 20 favorite activities from my childhood. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, maybe visiting my grandparents, you know, or, um, there are certain like car trips that I remember very vividly and none of that's written down. And I know that's all going to be lost with me if I don't get it down. So that is something that's high on my priority list. Oh, I love that idea. And sometimes
0: it's it's really the collection of those stories that's the big value because each one maybe it doesn't even always, I don't know, necessitate a whole scrapbook page, but a mini album project allows you to collect these stories into something that's really, truly special. Exactly.
1: And, you know, I might not have pictures to mm-hmm. go with everything, but I'm really more, I, I really want to focus on just getting down those stories and having that record.
0: Sounds awesome. All right. So our last intro segment here is talking about your personality and your scrapbooking. So you told me before the show that you don't really know your Myers-Briggs type, or your Enneagram type, but you know for sure that you are an extrovert. And I'm curious how you think that impacts how you approach memory keeping and particularly in this, um, more online, socially distanced age?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, well that that is a good question. And it's been a challenge. <laughs> it certainly has been a challenge. I try to engage, like, you know, on Instagram with uh, friends that I've met through this hobby, making sure that I keep up with their work. Um, I try to do that. If I'm watching a YouTube process video, I will engage in the comments. But I really miss that, you know, Seeing people in person and and being, I I feel like for me that's almost it it inspires me to create more when I can be around other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's been a challenge for a lot of extroverts and just people Mm -hmm. people in general this past year who really feed off that energy. And you can recreate a lot of that online. But, yes, it's, it's not hundred percent the same. And so I know there's a lot of folks that are really looking forward to going back to in-person crops and and really having
1: those those more close experiences exactly. It's so funny because even at my job as a school librarian, I mean, it's so it's so different this year, but I'm always like people will walk by the library and I'm like, "Hello, talk to me. Do you have a minute? <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, I have to get back to my class, but I just I really thrive on those personal relationships, so for sure. All right, so this is a
0: My Way episode, and these episodes are all about how memory keepers get things done. So Steph, can you tell us how you started scrapbooking?
1: So I would say I first dabbled in scrapbooking probably in high school. I was always looking through magazines and like cutting out little phrases and words and things that appealed to me and creating little collages and putting them on my walls. And then I think I really hit the ground running when I was pregnant with my first child back in 2000, and I wanted to just capture every single detail of both my pregnancy and then, of course, when she was born. And I really, I mean, it ebbs and flows for me. I will take off like a month or two, but then I always come back with a vengeance, so –
0: Awesome. I, you know, I think that kind of ebb and flow is so natural depending on what's going on mm-hmm. in our lives. And exactly. if we just, you feel that you have that inner connection and sometimes there's something in the way and we can't quite tap into that, but it will, it's always
1: there and you kind of just have to trust it'll always come back. Exactly. Yes, that's definitely, I, I know it will come back. So I don't stress about it. I don't worry about it. I just kind of, you know, follow along. Yeah. And so how has your hobby
0: changed since you began? Do your first pages look like the ones you still make today?
1: Oh gosh, no, not at all. I feel like when, so when I first started, I really didn't know anything about the scrapbooking world per se. So I was happily, Cutting my pictures into ovals and stars and thinking that those pages looked wonderful. And then, of course, once I was really started picking up scrapbooking magazines and things like that, my whole process started to change and it was overwhelming at first. I mean, I think I probably scrap lifted pages for a good maybe three, four years before I started to really hone in on what I liked. And even, I mean, it's constantly changing. I know now that each page has to tell a story. So even if I have a beautiful photo, like I have to have a story to go with that, or I'm just not really, um, engaged in, in that page and I won't like it at the end. So. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause
0: I think that sometimes when you feel the connection to the story, it, And maybe, I think it can even uh, diminish the pressure to make the page perfectly beautiful
1: because you know Mm -hmm. it's meaningful. Exactly. Yes, my favorite pages when I look back now are always the ones that have a story that really resonates with me.
0: Yes, I love that. Me too, for sure. Even if I didn't even like, like it in the moment and I go back and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I told that story because I'm just, I'm glad that it's there.
1: Exactly. And I mean, there are some stories where... I'm like, oh, do I really want to put this out there? But when I look back, I never regret telling it. Mm -hmm,
0: For sure. So you are our March featured artist and you'll be featured in the, you'll be, uh, let's see. You will be highlighted in the March-April mm-hmm. issue of Spark Magazine, and we are so excited to have oh. you on board. Um, I, I am so excited. Yes, it's going to be so great. Our creative mm-hmm. team uh, worked with sketches and templates that were inspired by a selection of your layouts. And oh, wow. since this is a podcast, we, <laughs> we don't have the visual here. Could you
1: describe your style for us? Sure, sure. So I would characterize myself as colorful classic uh layered but with very intentional embellishments I can't just you know scatter things on a page it has to be very intentional and kind of be a part of the story I love white cardstock backgrounds and um yeah colorful classic layered I think those would would be telling of my style oh for sure
0: I agree and, you know, you mentioned scrap lifting and I think that's that's such a an important it's almost like a rite of passage or the one of the easiest and best ways to kind of figure out your own style because you can make yes. a page in someone else's and then some of those will feel really good and some of those will like, oh, that was really awkward and hard for me. My My brain didn't like that. But do you have yes. any other advice for people trying to
1: find their own style? Uh, I would say really use like Instagram or Pinterest, things like that to save favorites that appeal to you and try to see common traits between mm. the ones that you're saving. So not, I mean, obviously you could save whatever inspires you, but ones that you would really like maybe to scraplift or to do, you know, something similar for yourself. Because then you can really kind of hone in on what your style is by what you have either pinned or saved.
0: Oh, yes. I think – You know, so often the layouts we're attracted to, maybe the products we're buying don't exactly align with those. And you can kind of identify these mismatches of, okay, I keep scrapbooking in these things in these ways and I am using these products, but then the pages that I really admire look a lot different and you can really learn about what your true loves are, I guess, if you really start Mm -hmm. making those connections. Exactly. And sometimes it's about like, whether or not you like more bold or muted colors, and you know that mm-hmm. was really a big one for me, and so it's there's mm-hmm. there's so much to learn from that type of observation.
1: Yes, there. I mean, there are so many beautiful pages out there, but sometimes you know, I will pick something up just because I've seen somebody else use it, and then I get it home, and I'm like, oh, what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? for like sure. Being able to kind of you know again search on Instagram or Pinterest or wherever and see how others use it can really just let you figure out a million different ways to use it so Mm, yes 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 all
0: right Steph how do you stay motivated to create is this something you struggle with or are you just you know you mentioned you're kind of an always on the go person is that not Mm -hmm. a problem
1: So on the one hand, um, like I've said before, it does ebb and flow for me and I try not to force it because I never want it to feel like a chore. Like I always want it to be a fun hobby and not like, oh, I have to scrapbook because I haven't done it in six weeks. But, you know, on the other hand, I can really get my motivation going if I just scroll IG, if I watch a YouTube video, or even just printing some photos that I'm excited about Mm -hmm. will inspire me to sit down. And sometimes you do, you just need to sit down for 10 minutes and do something, whether it's organizing your stamps or playing with paper or making a card. And then that will make me want to keep doing more.
0: Yes. Yes. And you go, you kind of have to find what is that thing that always works to kind of trick <laughs> yourself into doing it. I know that, that at least thing. I have to do that a lot.
1: Yes. Yes. Especially when I've been out of the game for a while, like with Christmas time, mm-hmm. I, you know, took a break just because it was such a busy time. And then it's been harder for me to get back into it. But, you know, I feel the itch and I'm ready.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So March and April also represent our organization journey. So this year, we're doing these two-month journeys with these broad themes. And so we're going to be talking about all different facets of organization. Um, Our upcoming refresh retreat is going to focus on using your stash. And then we'll have a session of our Stash Bash event, which will focus more on decluttering and organization. So Steph, is there one organization tip that totally like just changed the game for
1: you and made it easier to stay tidy? Oh well, this is perfect because I love organizing. Um, so while I'm messy while I'm creating, I need to always like clean up when I'm done, and I always need to start with a clean desk so everything goes away. Um, one specific rule. I think I really have two that have helped me. I, I know I'm breaking the rules here, but it's two good. <laughs> specific th- <laughs> two specific things that really I always um, think about when organizing. Both you know in my scrapping. Uh, organization and just in life is, number one, everything in its place, a place for everything. Mm -hmm. So I really, you know, there's nothing that just doesn't have a home. Everything needs to have a home because it makes cleaning up and organizing so much easier. And then my other rule, and this one might be hard for some scrappers, is one in, one out. And that means if I'm going to bring something new into my home with scrapbooking, then something else has to go out. And it doesn't mean that I'm purging it and throwing it out. It means I either, you know, I have to use it up, I have to donate it, or it might be purging it. So that really helps me curb my spending and use up older products.
0: Okay. So I need some advice then. I just bought (laughs) 17 more Distress Oxide Pads because there was a sale. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So does that mean I have to get rid of 17 other things?
1: Oh, well, I mean, for me, (laughs) that's what I would have to do, but I would, how could you, 17 things is a lot. Maybe just count them as one. That (laughs) one, (laughs) That was one purchase. Well, and maybe, <laughs> maybe go through your inks and see if any are dried out, you know, things that you can part with that you haven't used. If you haven't used it in a year or two years, you're probably not going to use it.
0: You know, you have a really fair point there because there's always those like little ink cubes that come like with a kit and then mm-hmm. you don't have any other inks that are like the same type that maybe you'd use them exactly. together. So yes. I probably could maybe get rid of some of those. <laughs> and we have a- sure. <laughs> You know, so I think for so long I was more of a uh, a minimalist in terms of acquisition. I didn't. I was very deliberate in not bringing too much stuff in. And now mm-hmm. it's the point where my storage is kind of you know full. I need to start making some decisions in order to make room for new things because I can't suddenly change the size of my space. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: So yeah, I think it is start to. T- it's it is time to maybe make some decisions about things like that. So I'll be yes. working on and that my, during the organization journey for sure.
1: Yeah. And my scrapbook space is like in the middle. It's not, I wouldn't really call it a playroom anymore since my youngest is 10, but it's in the middle of like a hub. You know, it's, it's our basement where the kids hang out. So mm-hmm. I have a certain amount of space and they're not going to give me anymore. <laughs> so I have to make you know the what I have work
0: well and I just you know that that is a great rule as you said for not just scrapbooking but for stuff in your life in general um mm-hmm. and and even if it's not even like a, an equivalent thing you know I was talking about new ink pads so that if I'm going to look at older ink pads it could still be another mm-hmm. category of item just so there's still all, an overall space balance there um exactly and we're not overstuffing our
1: lives I keep like a bin in my closet and I'm constantly just like, you know, if I try a sweater on and I'm like, I don't like how this feels, then it goes in there. And then eventually I will take that and donate it or consign it when the bin is full. Yes. So.
0: Yes. And that's like another, I mean, that goes back to your original tip about having a home for things. If you don't have a home for the things that you're going to get rid of in whatever manner, you're going to end Mm -hmm. up hanging on to it or it's going to be like that odd thing that sits on a table for six months until you do something with it.
1: Exactly. Like I don't like things to take up valuable real estate in my home. Mm -hmm. You know, my, we live in a 2,100 square foot home and I have four children and two pets. So, you know, every space needs to be, to have a function.
0: Yes, for sure. Okay. Let's dig into more into some other kind of areas of organization. Um, Okay. How do you keep your photos organized?
1: Okay, so for for my photo organization, I have a folder for each year on my computer and then I divide that into monthly folders. And I make sure like when I'm labeling them, I always will put like zero one January mm-hmm. twenty twenty-one because then they will be in order. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah, of, you know, not... Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just need everything to be very um organized. And then um when I'm culling through photos, when I've uploaded them, I will, as soon as I upload, I go through them right away. And I kind of have set a rule for myself. Now it's not a a strict rule, but I try to have no more than 20 photos of any specific occasion or subject, because I know when it comes to scrapping or just, you know, somebody looking through your photos, nobody needs to see Twenty photos of the same thing. So I try to focus on the ones, you know, that are the best quality that tell the story and I delete the rest right from the beginning and I never miss them.
0: Yes. I love that because I think sometimes when you're closer to the event, it's much easier to see which of the good ones. And Mm -hmm. the, the more time that passes and you go back, it just feels so overwhelming to narrow down something yeah. that you maybe you don't feel as emotionally connected to. And so they all kind of look the same. And how do you pick which one is the good one now? And exactly.
1: Yeah, yes, I love that. Because bit. if you do it right when you upload them, you know, the memory is still fresh in your mind, too. So mm-hmm. it's I think that really helps. And, you know, as a family photographer, that's something I do, too. So I know when I, you know, bring home my pictures and I have 600 and I'm only going to send them a gallery of 50 to 60, I have to be a ruthless perjure. Oh, <laughs> so I think that, you know, I think that helps with my mentality when it comes to my own photos as well. All right. So what about your supplies?
0: So you mentioned that everything is going to have a place. What are your favorite everything kind of place. places for certain t- groups of supplies?
1: Okay. So I have the Ikea drawers. Um, I don't remember what
0: they're called, but the
1: Alex I have drawers. Yes. The Alex drawers. Thank you. I have
0: one of those <laughs> in my bathroom that maybe holds nine drawers worth of makeup. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm like
0: I'm covering my face because I'm embarrassed here but nobody can see that
1: <laughs> uh, you can just edit that part out right <laughs> anyway I for the most part I organize by type so I have a drawer for inks I have a drawer for punches um, when it comes to paper I use vertical storage I organize my paper by brand if I have like a few coordinating pieces. From a line, but if not, like I also have some that are just by color. And then when it comes to like ephemera, die cuts, things like that, once I've used a pack a few times, I will then organize that by color too. So I have kind of like these clear organization trays, and there's a red section and a blue section and an orange section, and it's all Roy G biv mm. <laughs> organized. And I know that sounds a little bit, you know, crazy to some, but It's just so pretty and it helps me, you know, when I'm doing a page and I know I need red embellishments, I can just go to that one little section and take it out and I'm not overwhelmed. For sure.
0: I've been really thinking about, and maybe our listeners are tired of me thinking about this. Um, (laughs) I have all of my die cuts in this little flip album and the solution worked really great until the flip album was totally full. And Mm -hmm. now it's hard a little hard to turn. And I have some now. I have collections that don't fit in the flip album anymore. So those are little pouches. And Uh I need to I need to a do some purging and b I they're all organized by collection. And sometimes you can't find like the thing that you want because you don't know what's in that collection anymore because you don't have the little you know the thing it was in. Um, I'm not keeping like the little card that comes with it, and half of them don't even come with cards these days. So exactly. I've been trying to decide between like categories of maybe the things that I'd reach for most often, like flowers or hearts or whatever, and then do the rest by color. Like Mm -hmm. maybe things that are more odd that I wouldn't think about as a thing. Like, I don't know. Like I don't really reach for birds that often, but I'll use one if it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, The animals are always hard for me. They are for sure.
1: (laughs) I don't need a hedgehog. Yes.
0: So my point there is that I'm just so fascinated about how everybody organizes their embellishments because uh, my solution, you know, we always go through these phases where the solution works until it doesn't, and then you have to, like, find a new solution.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes it's trial and error. It takes a few different times trying different things to figure out what really works for how you scrap. Yes, yes.
0: Um, All right.
1: This this solution has been going, going well for me for a while now, so... Oh, perfect.
0: Yes. I, I always resisted organizing by color because I didn't think I thought that way.
1: And mm-hmm. I, I would say
0: that it's not the primary way, way that I think, but I would say for like the secondary phase of embellishments after I've got the main ones on there, I will then it, think by color of like, oh, I need something to balance this.
1: Yes. So I think, So when I, go yeah, ahead.
0: I'm sorry. No, it's all good. When I
1: first get um, like a new collection. So, say I have, you know, a new pink fresh collection. I will keep that pack together for maybe, you know, if I've done like two or three layouts mm-hmm. and then I will put it in by color. So, you know, it's kind of the things, well, I'm not going to use this collection in its entirety anymore. Let me divide it up. And even at that point, if there are things in there that I'm like, I'm never going to put this squirrel eating an acorn on my page, I will just get rid of that or I'll give it to my daughter to, you know, Do it using her crafting oh sure
0: now i'm curious do you have like any way that you designate the the phase in which your groups of supplies are in so let's just say that die cut pack from from pink fresh how would you know it's ready to be broken up is it just like on a whim like you look at this like ah, i think i'm gonna break it up now or do you have like a place where you put those
1: so i do have a drawer where i have like um puffy stickers and like i would put like an embellishment kit that's all together yeah I, I do have like a space for all those things and like i said i think usually once i've used a collection maybe two three times to do a few layouts then i'm ready to oh. separate it out
0: i can mm-hmm. also see that if you have drawers for a collection and you have new stuff coming in at some point you're like okay well now i need to make space exactly for the new stuff too
1: hmm mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh my brain is now spinning and I want to spend the rest of the day
1: organizing. (laughs) Oh, I love organizing. Just talking about this makes me happy. So
0: yes, (laughs) it was the
1: perfect month for me.
0: This is the first episode of a whole series. All the episodes, I think almost all the episodes for the next two months are going to be about organization uh, and various facets of it, paper, digital, all the things. So I think it's going to be really cool. Yes. I can't wait to listen. Okay. So wrapping up organization, what about ideas? You mentioned how much you love Instagram and Pinterest. So do you keep stuff and reference it later? Are you a non-keeper? How do you deal with ideas? How do you deal
1: with ideas? So I don't have any tangible collection of ideas. I used to years ago when, you know, magazines were big, I would cut out like the pictures of different layouts that I really liked that I thought maybe I would scrap lift later and I had a little binder and I would keep that, like I had little envelopes in the binder and if the, um, if the layout had one picture, it would go in one section and if it had two pictures, it would go in another section. But I found that I really didn't break out that binder very often. Um, now I just use Instagram. So if I see... A layout that I really like I will save it to um, a collection and I actually have even my saved collections are divided so I have them labeled as one photo two photos or multi photo so as soon as I see the picture I will save it into one of those areas so that if I ever just feel like in a funk and I don't know where to start and I'm sitting at my desk with one picture I can go in there and look at a bunch of different one picture layouts and use that as a jumping off point. Oh, I love that
0: idea. Now, do you mix in, is it just layouts or do you mix in sketches too?
1: Oh, I actually have a different, I, I have a collection called sketches. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sketches get their own section. I really should probably put those, it would make sense, more sense to put them in one photo, two photo, multi-photo now that you're saying it.
0: <laughs> well, there, hmm, now you have something to work treatment. on too.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes.
0: All right, now let's transition to things that you are loving in scrapbooking right now. So, what formats or sizes are you working in these days?
1: Okay, so I'm pretty traditional when it comes to format. I love a 12 by 12 page, and then I will occasionally throw in a pocket page to go with a 12 by 12 layout. But for the most part, I'm scrapbooking 12 by 12. Uh, my bucket list idea will definitely be a smaller bulk, maybe like a six by, what is that size? Six by eight? Um, Six by eight. Yes. Yes. Probably (laughs) a six by eight. Thank you. Um, but overall 12 by 12 layouts are for me.
0: Oh, for sure. And uh, you know, those, the citrus twist albums are super popular right now too. And those are closer to like four by eight. So that could be also a fun size. But if if you're really used to that 12 by 12 canvas going that small might feel a little constrictive, whereas six by eight Mm -hmm. might feel a little more free.
1: Yes. It might be like a slow, uh, (laughs) a gradual phasing (laughs) into something new.
0: For sure. All right. What about your process? You know, you mentioned how you really want to feel connected to a page with a story, but what is that like trigger point to start a new page?
1: Is it a photo, a story or a product typically? I would say 99% of the time I start with the photo Mm -hmm. and sometimes the story won't necessarily have anything to do with that photo it might just be a photo of my daughter smiling at the camera but I think about you know I think about the the stories that I still want to tell that I haven't told about her yet or you know I might do something like her faves at this time or maybe a conversation that we've had recently that was funny or you know I'd like to share on a page and then just you know use that photo to go with that story. Yes. I love
0: doing that. I would say a lot of my pages start that way as well, because you know, only a fraction of our photos are like the really awesome, beautiful ones. And we want to make sure we use those, but often Mm -hmm. those beautiful pictures don't have a story because, because you made your kids stand there and look cute, you know?
1: (laughs) Yes. I made them put on coordinating outfits and go stand in the fall foliage. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And there's not much of a story there. They're like, how long is this going to take?
0: For sure.
1: (laughs) Which I've already told that story plenty of times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) All right. What about products? You mentioned Pinkfresh already. What are all the products that you just can't get enough of?
1: Uh, Pinkfresh, definitely. Felicity Jane, I just love the papers. Um, I just love that, you know, I I think that they're beautiful. Sometimes I just want to put them in a frame on the wall. They're so pretty. Um, I love Ellie studio. I subscribe to them. So every month I get a kit from them and I just love their bold, fun colors. And then I've also recently been really drawn to The Stamps by Carrie Bradford Studio. Mm -hmm. She has these like beautiful, uh, just classic, timeless fonts. Um, So I definitely want to pick up some of those. And um, Catherine Pooler inks. I am just, now that's all I want. I'm like, give me all of the Catherine Pooler inks. I just love how saturated they are.
0: Oh, awesome! Yeah, I love it when you find really find an ink line that makes you happy and works well with how you make pages and like to stamp. So exactly, yes. All right, so here's our kind of big takeaway question: What is your biggest
1: lesson learned from scrapbooking so far? Mm, okay, so I. I think, you know, you're never going to regret the stories that you do tell. And it's really important for me to be honest and transparent in my journaling because those are the stories that will let others know you, your values, your priorities long after you're gone. So products will go out of style, um, editing different styles will, you know, fade, but your stories are timeless.
0: Mm. What a, what a beautiful way to end this. Thank you so much, Steph. Thank you. Can you share where we can find you online? Anything you have new or fun coming up?
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at Steph underscore scraps. And I think next I'm just going to start tackling my 2020 photos. I have not, I, I, I'm, I am actually a traditional chronological scrapper for the most part. I mean, sometimes the story will call to me, but, um, I haven't scrapped any of my 2020 photos. So that is on my to-do list.
0: Okay. Before we go now, I need to know what's your kind of plan or process when you have, you know, you have a year's worth of photos. Do you already have them printed? Do you print as you go? You're going to print them in a batch. What does that process look like for you?
1: So I will start with January. I will open up, you know, my January folder and I won't necessarily go to like, oh, well, January 2nd, I took pictures and January 18th. So January 2nd has to come first. I will, um, just choose from January, whatever speaks to me. I will open a certain folder, go through, figure out which ones I want to use. And then I will print just the ones for, um, Probably the ones for that month, like I will, I'll do a batch of anything January and then I'll just get started on those layouts because once I sit down to scrapbook, a lot of times I will kind of fly through two layouts before I need to, you know, pack it up for the night.
0: Oh, for sure. Yes. Okay. I was just curious. Mm -hmm. That sounds so fun. I hope you have lots of luck in getting through 2020 with, you know, a lot of joy and fun and ease. Yes, you too. All right. Steph, again, thank you so much. I am so looking forward to featuring you inside of Spark Magazine as well as on our website, social media channels, so that uh, even more of our crafting community can get to know
1: you. Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Jen.
0: And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. If you like the podcast, you'll love being a member. When you join, you'll get access to weekly Zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.